stargazers, welcome to 7th House Astrology, where I take any topic that's astrological or any topics related to the topics of relationships or romance. I investigate under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Love or Relationship Astrology. I'm your host, Sandra Meisick, and I am so glad that you guys have joined me for today. So as of the 20th of February... The sun had shifted from the forward-thinking and independent spirit of Aquarius into the sign of Pisces. So you know what time it is. Even though it's a little late, it is time for Pisces season. And uh, we will be investigating not only Pisces season, but what it will look like uh, in this time, what relationships will look like in this time, what are common buzzwords, what are common themes to reflect on, to meditate on, and just really to have the best relationships possible in this wonderful, wonderful time. I'm really, I don't know about you guys, but I am really thrilled that the days are getting longer. Myself, I'm a spring, summer type of person, so I'm really quite happy that we're we're already in the longer days. Um, I'm kind of a mixed bag when it comes to daylight savings time, but I feel like this is like the, the favorite part of the season for me is the longer days and the promise of spring to come. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right in. So stargazers, usually when it comes down to Pisces, there are times where I feel like when it comes to the archetypal energy, I kind of struggle with it a little bit. Um, it's kind of the same with Taurus and sometimes with Virgo where, um, you know, there's like the, there's certain sorts of archetypes or certain sorts of things that are mentioned about a particular sign or how I understand it. And sometimes it can be very narrow. However, with Pisces season, uh, two things actually, uh, really helped me out. And I actually started to realize I kind of know a little bit more about Pisces than I realized. But the first is if you guys have not subscribed to Healing Vibrations on YouTube, I actually found this particular station in 2020 and uh, it is like, it's just the best. It's uh, it's basically, you know, a, a sound bath or basically um, Healing Vibrations has a bunch of sound baths um, and many different sound baths. For the season, uh, the particular, the, the um, individual who actually plays the Crystal Bowls actually released a, and his partner too, they actually released a Pisces season sound bath or Pisces sound bath. Um, it actually, just to listen to that, also kind of helped me out a little bit when it came to knowing the archetypal energy of Pisces. And also, I've known a number of Pisces in my life. Well, First, there's my two kitties, you know, Chloe and Zoe. Uh, they're, they're actually, their birthday was, uh, just last Thursday, I believe. And, uh, you know, they're very compassionate. They're very, uh, very extremely, sometimes I feel like in some cases, super uber loving, but very loving as well, too. There is my aunt who actually introduced my parents and hooked them up, set them up. And, uh, really they basically, not only did they, not, not only did they meet, but they really kind of hit it off from the start. They were married a year later when they were introduced. And then there's also a coworker of mine from a salon. She's also a Pisces. And there were some things that were very striking when it came to whatever she would mention or certain attributes and moods that she would kind of share, uh, within the salon. So first and foremost with Pisces, the one thing that I notice, I disagree with Liz Green on this one. Liz Green had mentioned that Pisces is like the dustbin or the wastebasket of the Zodiac. I disagree for two reasons. The first reason is pretty obvious. That's a really mean statement and a really mean analogy. I think what she was referring to was the shadow sides of Pisces and hence why she came up to that rationale. I, I Like I said, again, I find that that's not true for everybody, for every Piscean, and I find it rather mean. So I disagree with that one. I instead look at Pisces, you know, being the last sign of the Zodiac, um, I see them being more like the Dumbledores. Um, Gandalf, to me, is kind of like 
Aquarius maybe on the Pisces cusp or Aquarius with maybe a lot of Pisces in his chart as well too, or like maybe a heavy Neptune influence in his chart as well. But I see uh, a lot of Pisces like the, the Dumbledores or the Gandalfs of the Zodiac where they're far more, they, they really do possess a very otherworldly wisdom about them. I mean, wisdom that I would probably take a gazillion years to come up to. Um, that's why when it comes down to Pisceans, whenever I'm around them, this also includes my cats as well, too. But um, that's why I usually tend to like kind of keep my ears out and my ears open. I may not necessarily ask for wisdom from them um, a lot of the time because I know they kind of have, they seem to have a lot on their minds usually on the individuals that I've been with. When it comes to Pisces, they seem to have a lot on their minds and a lot to think about. But when they do muse out loud or when they muse to me or when they muse to people, which they usually tend to do, they, um, I usually just kind of keep my ears up because they usually come up with some rather novel ideas. I also see Pisces, you know, knowing that it is the 12th sign, the last sign of the Zodiac. Um, I see them as the elders. And with that said, um, relationships to me, the, the focus and the loci uh, really changes big time in the season. So to kind of recap, between Aries and Cancer seasons, the locus is really on me. So when it comes to relationships, it's like, how do you relate to me? And um, you don't share my interests, so therefore we're not going to work out. Or, oh, you do share my interests, so we're going to bond, we're going to work out, and we're going to take things farther and take things a little more, you know, a little farther from here. Um, so a lot of it can be very egocentric or just very me-centered in a way. Uh, from Leo to, you know, roughly Leo to Scorpio, the... Uh, the focus, the loci starts to move a little bit away from me. You know, we start to see this blend within Leo season where there's still a little bit of me, but it's starting to move out towards you. And um, the, it's really like, how can I serve you? How can I meet your needs as my partner? What are your interests? How, what can I learn about you in order to enrich me a little bit more? And also, you know, what, what are you about really? Um, which can be a very beautiful shift. But as we start coming roughly into Sagittarius, we're starting to get a little more broad in the focus and the loci. And, uh, you know, with Sagittarius, it's more about um, expanding your consciousness so that you can be better prepared for relationship with the world. Capricorn, it's really how to be financially stable and also just stable enough to also, again, relate to the world at large. Um, for Capricorn, I think it's like the adult going into the workspace or going into the corporate office. And it's like, okay, how do we relate to the world, maybe business-wise, um, but also just how we relate to the world practically and tactically as well, too. It's Aquarius and Pisces where we start to get really broad. You know, like with uh, Aquarius, we're starting to get into humanitarian needs. Um, we're starting to get into our own independence, but also how we relate to just the whole world as a whole. You know, the broad, the, the loci is really broad in that regard. Pisces is actually, we're at our broadest when it comes to the focus in relationships. Pisces, their relationship is really, how do I relate to the whole stratosphere? How do I relate to the whole cosmos? And furthermore, how do I relate to all that is? Or if um, you do happen to meet a Piscean who believes in science, um, you know, maybe just the equivalent of all that is, you know, really it's, it's going, the mind is going beyond just this physical world and it's moving into the, the other world and the other world above that. And I mean, really with Pisces, they kind of, you know, due to Neptune, they tend to explore. And it's kind of like, um, 
you know, kind of like what I kind of felt when I was a little child before I kind of well, I would freak myself out. It's, you know, when you're a child, you look up at the sky and you think it's like, wow, there's a lot of stuff up in the sky. And then there's stuff above the sky. And then there's worlds above that and more worlds above that. You're, you're kind of like thinking broader and broader and broader, kind of using your imagination and expanding it before it's like, oh, wow, this is overwhelming. Okay, I got to get back down to earth. With Pisces, they're not afraid to explore and explore and explore, almost to where they sometimes can feel like they're a little lost, and they can almost feel like they have one foot in the physical world and then one foot up in the the net, the all that is and also the spiritual world as well, too. Um, I feel like sometimes kind of like what uh, Wiccans are described as being or shamans are described as being where they have one foot in physical reality and one foot in the spirit world. Um, I kind of feel like that's also Pisceans, except I think um, it's not just limited to the spirit world. I think there's, it goes beyond the beyond the beyond. Um, but how this relates to relationships is that really a lot of the themes in this season are going to be just that they're going to be a little bit broader, a little more encompassing, um, there are some lessons. So kind of like what I mentioned in Aquarius season, where it feels like there's like a ton of lessons that repeat themselves from other seasons. Um, I kind of feel like that's also the case with Pisces. Uh, so, which is, you know, actually kind of good because if you like, say like with Capricorn season, you kind of missed the boat on one of the lessons there, or you kind of feel like it was too, a little too broad or you couldn't really encompass it that time or you did your best, but it just wasn't, just wasn't there, just wasn't enough. Aquarius and Pisces seasons are always great for restarting and relearning those lessons. So if you might have, if you felt like you might have failed or um, if you're not so perfectionistic as I can be, sometimes I usually kind of look at things as pass or fail sometimes. Um, but if you feel like, you know, maybe I scratched the surface on this, but I could have gone deeper. This is a great season to do that. But really, relationships are going to get a little broader. A lot of the, the topics are going to be rather broad. I also think that within the relationship, it's going to move beyond you and me and um, it's really going to move into, well, I, I'm going to give a little bit of bad news for those who are into casual relationships. This is a, not a good season for the casual relationships at this time. You know, if you're into just having a sexual relationship or casual relationship, not taking things too seriously, uh, you can you can continue on and try doing that at this time. But don't be surprised if your significant other might roll over um, in bed or might, you know, turn to you at some point and say, oh, well, what do you think about marriage or what do you think about kids or what do you think about the longer term sort of issues that those who might be looking just for a casual relationship might be turned off by? Um, so really just kind of mentioning this, there's a lot of focus on how to solidify relationships and how to make them a forever sort of ordeal, not just casual. Um, unfortunately, um, I would say that if you are into casual dating or to casual relationships, this is actually, you know, knowing the very, very introspective nature of Pisces, I feel like this is actually a good time again to kind of sit, reflect, um, and just kind of see if there might be other factors other than, you know, having sex, other than, you know, taking it easy and just having fun. You know, if there might be some deeper issues that you could live with, you know, maybe like, hey, I would like to look for honesty. You know, I'm having a casual relationship because a lot of the guys I'm with are, are dishonest a lot of the time. Or I'd like some stability, you know, ironically, because a lot of the guys that I've dated are complete Casanovas and I'm just kind of playing their game. Or maybe um, I'd like somebody who's at least kind of gentlemanly, kind of kind. You know, a lot of the guys that I've dated are kind of jerks. You know, they're kind of jerky. You know, either way, um, you know, like I said, the list doesn't have to be lengthy or the um, attributes don't have to be extremely vague or extremely idealistic. It could just be narrowed down to like one particular word 
I know like for me, um, I'm commitment phobic because the honesty issue um, seems like a lot of guys are dishonest out there. So honesty is something that I could live with. You know, somebody is completely honest and they're operating off of good faith and off of good measures and good um, practices. If I were to meet someone at this point, I could live with that. I can, that can be my forever goal, so to speak. Um, so it would be just great to kind of think about that and reflect on that a little bit um, before headed off towards relationships as well. Uh, for those who are in committed relationships, friendships, um, also dating as well too, there's going to be a lot of talk about how to make the rela relationship forever, like how to make it last for forever and ever for the longest period of time. You know, if you're just married, it's like, or if you've been married, it's like, okay, I know these certain attributes about my partner. Um, they, I like these certain attributes. I know that this work, this is what makes the relationship work. Um, you guys might want to find ways to where, not even find ways, but find how that can really solidify the relationship so that it, it stays intact for a long time to come. The same with dating. Uh, actually, with dating, you're probably going to get a lot of, you know, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your significant other is probably going to turn to you more than not in this season, or you may turn to them more, more likely than not. And there might be questions such as, so what do you think about marriage or about kids or about buying a house together or about moving in together? You know, all these really lofty long-term goals. They're going to be coming, I think they're going to become buzzwords and really um, main uh, loci focus or the main focus uh, points within the relationship within the season. Another factor, another key buzzword that I find will be pretty preeminent and pretty prominent in Pisces season is that, well, when I look at Pisceans, the first thing, and I, I've noticed, I've mentioned this a lot when I've read charts where somebody might have um, a certain asteroid or a certain planet in Pisces. The first thing I mention is compassion. Um, well, I feel like with Pisceans, they are extremely, extremely compassionate. And uh, actually, it was Suzanne's White or Suzanne White's Guide to Love. Um, I'm going to tell you this much, Stargaze. This kind of made me uh, chuckle a little bit. This was a book that I really, a book on astrology that I was a huge fan of way back in the day when I was like 16 to 17, I think I bought it in Milwaukee airport and I brought it home and I'm telling you, I still have the book. Um, it was so used that the cover is literally rolled up and it's like literally rolling to the back of the book. Um, it was a soft cover. It's soft cover. So the, the soft cover is like rolling to the back of the book. There's like a ton, a ton of calculations that are in, the margins and ton of things. I, I, like I said, I marked everything in there. I, I, I really like marked everything up in that book. I, I remembered I thumbed through uh, the the book entirely. It's a nice read. Um, it is a very. It's kind of like um, if you're familiar with sun signs or you're with your moon sign. It's kind of like Linda Goodman's um, book of love signs, um, where basically it's the compatibility of uh, the Western astrological zodiacal signs. But it, what was also kind of neat about was that she, that Suzanne White also introduced uh, Chinese astrology or Eastern astrology with it. And, you know, who's in the year of the rat compared to how they get, you know, like year of the rat, how they get along with year of the pig or how year of the snake gets along with year of the rooster. And, you know, it, it was just a really neat book for me. It opened my eyes and I really, I really loved it. I think I remembered I read the year of the pig. And I'm like, oh my God, this is me. I was, like I said, it was the first time, uh, first time it was, there was my Chinese, uh, sign, uh, my Chinese zodiac sign, as well as my Enneagram type at that time, I thought were just me. Of course, I kind of grew into my ascendant um, in my in Chinese astrology. And I also kind of grew up a little bit and um, certain traits kind of came out to where I was a completely different type from what I thought of it at the time. But it was just, I remember it was just such a joy to kind of find me and kind of to feel like I was heard for a change. 
But kind of moving back into Pisces, um, there was one point where as a Leo, and I, I only knew that I was a Leo back then, but as a Leo, I actually had a crush on a lot of Pisceans, uh, mainly because I have two primary planets in Virgo. So the opposition right there is the instant attraction. Um, but uh, with that said, I looked at Leo and Pisces. And one thing that Suzanne White had said was that while Pisces would invite a homeless person in for a, you know, a sandwich and something to drink, as well as just to like talk and to really dive into different perspectives and just kind of talk and really just be there for that, that homeless person. Leo would come home and of course feel like they, you know, would notice that the fine china was used, the fine cups were used. They might feel like the, uh, the, the china and everything that the homeless person had used would have to either be super disinfected or thrown out. And they would have kind of a little bigglety bug about the whole scenario with Pisces. Um, while I feel like that's not always true about Leo, <laughs> um, kind of getting back, relating back to the compassion of Pisces, I really felt like Suzanne White kind of nailed it a little bit when it came to Pisces compassion. Maybe not so going so far as to inviting a homeless person into their home. You know, some may. Um, but what I see more than anything with Pisces is that their compassion extends to everybody. And really more than anything, um, when, even when it comes to coworkers or when it comes to friends, potential friends, or even just potential strangers on the street, they're very open to just listening to that person and just really feeling that person out. And really they are, I mean, you know, I would have to say this with my coworker at Supercuts, there were just some times where I just had a rough time behind the chair. Um, really terrible time when it came to customers. There are just some customers who, I mean, I got death threats a couple of times um, just because it was a simple matter of the haircut could have been exacted in this little place right here. It wasn't entirely messed up. It was just, you know, a little bit of blending could have been activated here. I mean, it's just like little faux pas that really set people off. But I remember my coworker um, would come up to me a lot of the time and would offer a good supportive ear, a good supportive arm. There was one time where there was a hostile homeless person, unfortunately, who came in. He wouldn't even allow me to touch his hair. Uh, he wanted this, that, and the other thing. He just, uh, I mean, I don't really know what he wanted. He wouldn't let me do what I needed to do. I finally told him, you know, I think I'm going to have to send you to a different salon. And I did. He refused to leave. And that's when Ashley was like, no, I'm taking her. You know, I think he wanted to like have her perspective of the situation. She's like, no, I'm taking her side. You know, she's the barber. I'm taking her side. And if you don't leave, I'm going to call the police. But I mean, really right then and there, I mean, there was a lot of great compassion from her. Um, she really was very much what we would say, um, very loyal to the whole salon, um, to everybody. And it wasn't just one person. It was, it was everybody unequivocally. And really, um, whenever you would want to talk, she would always be there to listen as well too. my aunt Jerry as well too. Um, she's also Piscean. She's always definitely always there, um, to lend a very, very supportive ear, also, I could just tell she's very heart centered. Um, you know, she not, she doesn't just listen to, you know, with the ears. She listens with her heart and really, um, gives somebody the whole floor. It's not like the, not giving them the certain amount of time before she starts to talk, as many of the rest of us tend to do in the zodiacal wheel. Um, no, she tends to just give you the whole floor, however much you need it and just listen, you know, unbiasedly, unequivocally to everything that you have to say. So I would say that's really the compassion right there when it comes to Pisces is that they are really, they really invest in the world. They really invest in people. They love different perspectives more than anything. I think the one thing that's kind of a nightmare for Pisces is they dive into all that is and into the other, nether, into the other worlds but one thing that I think that drives them nuts is if they're all alone and they're just all in their head all the time and with themselves all the time, 
it kind of drives them batty a little bit. They, they like to hear different perspectives from different people. They like to hear from different people and really kind of feel here, present, grounded, and alive, really, more than anything. I feel like the compassionate part is, you know, kind of helps them to feel alive, to be connected with other people. So when it comes down to um, Pisces season and relationships, when it comes to the compassion, well, uh, certain attributes from Capricorn season and also uh, Libra season are going to start repeating themselves a little bit here. So uh, the situation of just kind of being present with your partner is going to repeat itself. So uh, like say that you're accused of not listening enough or you're accused of not complimenting enough. Again, maybe just being present with that and working on those things as much as possible. But I think above that with the compassion, um, really thinking outside the box when it comes to the relationships that you guys have. So for example, instead of just showing appreciation in the, you know, formulaic canned way of buying cheap discounted bouquet of flowers and throwing it in your, your significant other's face with some cheap Hallmark card. Sorry, not trying to knock Hallmark, but sometimes I just feel like the love that they express is a little canned. I kind of feel like uh, Pisces season would be a great time to really, really like truly express how you feel and really don't, um, don't take the cheap formulaic way out of it. Really actually mean what you say. And I think the one thing, the one um, example that I came up to was with Kate and Leopold. Uh, basically there was this, you know, uh, I forget the name of the particular actor and the name of the the particular character, but Leopold's noticing that this guy's just like, he, he loves this lady by the name of Patrice. He's just picking up, like I said, the dozen, that bouquet of flowers that's like, you know, very cheap, uh, cause he's a, you know, theater student. And Leopold's like, oh, no, 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 no. These, the, this flower means this, this flower means that, like all these, the flowers that were bundled together. It's like, it, it meant aversion. It meant lust. It meant, you know, a lot of different things that really, was not wanting to be expressed. So what he ended up doing was taking the symbology of flowers. So it's like, you want roses to show devotion. You want, um, you know, baby's breath to show that, you know, her eyes are like the stars. You want lilies to show that your heart is really invested into this relationship. And you know, I, I don't really know the complete symbology of flowers exactly, but, um, you know, basically this season, it, it kind of reminded me, you know, the Kate and Leopold example kind of reminded me, it's like within the season, try to think about if you're going to get flowers, try to think about the symbology. And if you're kind of stuck, look online, like the symbology of flowers. I think there's a dozen different resources out there. It's it, it, that kind of harken back to Shakespeare. I think it was Ophelia and Hamlet who mentioned specific flowers um, before she had drowned herself. And apparently those specific flowers had specific ethereal, spiritual, as well as foreshadowing sort of meanings to it. But yeah, there's, there's a ton of resources out there for the symbology of flowers. If that, if that's your, if that's the thing that you feel is right, that's a great avenue to pursue during Pisces season. The other thing I just, I would just say with the compassion is express your, like, think outside the box when you express your love and really think very, um, originally when it comes to expressing your love. Really think about how your love can be received, um, by your significant other and making sure that your, the whole of your love, the whole of the message that you want to impart to your significant other is actually imparted, you know, that it's actually being communicated well. So it's going to take some thought. It's going to take some time, might take some originality. And actually this particular point relates to the next point, which is the intuition of Pisces. Okay. So at the end, you know, Pisces are very intuitive. My aunt Jerry, the way that she, the reason why she introduced my parents was that she looked at my dad 
She knew my dad because he was her husband's brother. And she looked at my mom. She knew my mom from working in a, a transcription department in a hospital. And she just kind of knew just by looking at them. I think she just had like a moment of a little bit of clairvoyance, clairsentience, and also Clara cognizance all working together. She just knew and could just feel it and could see it. And she just thought, okay, the, let, let's just put these two together and see what happens. But to me, that's really kind of the intuition of Pisces as well. They just kind of see things. They kind of feel things out. They just kind of know things, whether or not they have a logical explanation for it. They'll just kind of come to knowing things. But kind of relating back to the example of like thinking originally for your partner, you know, this is going to be a great season, whether or not you're into intuition or not. Everybody has intuition. Um, I would, what I would just say is really like focus on how you feel in particular situations, like really start focusing on the feelings more than anything, your clairsentience, so to speak, um, when you're moving in relationships. And the, the easiest way to kind of get to this point when using your intuition is if you're thinking about your significant other, sometimes when you think about them enough, you kind of start getting some other knowing or, you know, you just kind of know some things that you don't know how you come to the conclusion to, or you kind of get some feelings about that person where, again, you don't know how this conclusion is drawn. It's just, it's kind of there. And I kind of feel there's lots of theories about that. You know, it's kind of like you're thoroughly reading that person's vibes or you're enmeshed in that person's energy. Like I said, if you're not into that sort of theory or you're not into intuition, either way, we all have it. And just having that feeling and really acknowledging that feeling um, in the relationship is going to be tantamount in this season. And what I mean, what the other examples that I could think of is, you know, it's like, say that there's a husband and he's thinking about his wife and he's just kind of like, you know, I have a feeling she might like a sunset dinner. And, you know, I, I think uh, she would really like it if it were just like kind of, you know, she had her favorite wine, glass of wine out, you know, in the sunset and uh, just kind of watching that there. Um, since the days are growing warmer as well as longer, maybe this could be in the form of a picnic, you know, maybe making some tea sandwiches, getting that favorite glass of wine add some candles, you got a romantic picnic right there. It might be um, cooking dinner and eating out on the patio that, you know, uncovering the patio, sweeping it up, making sure it's nice and clean, and maybe eating out there one of the, on one night, again, fully candle it. Now, however elaborate or simple you'd like to become, Pisceans like to be rather simple uh, when it comes to you know, the planning out, they're not about like five course meals and, you know, you know, kind of preparing elaborate things like maybe the tea sandwiches could be enough in that regard or something simple, but yet something simple that really could mean a ton. Like don't, don't like serve ramen noodles or something like that, or like, you know, instant ramen or anything like that. But, you know, just um, really kind of getting into that feeling of what your partner might appreciate. And really start like doing that for your partner. I feel that even though it might not be something they asked for, just the sentiment in and of itself, the fact that you're doing it just because. So here's how I feel like the compassion, intuition kind of relate to each other. Um, you know, just to do something just because, not just because somebody asked for it, is going to mean a tremendous amount to your partner in this season. And I think it's going to be... It's going to mean a lot more than if you just give them what they ask for. Um, I mean, giving them what they ask for is nice. But uh, if you just kind of say, hey, I thought of this for you just because, you know, I think that's going to go even farther as well. And this doesn't just apply to romantic relationships either. Uh, for friendships, you know, the intuition could be, hey, you know, or the, the compassion part of it. I'll just start. Sorry, I'll, I'll kind of back up a little bit. So the compassion part of the um, of Pisces could be, hey, I've noticed that my friend's into knitting, maybe like getting into the knitting lingo, looking things up, 
What does it mean to knit? What does it mean to purl? What does it mean to have a moss stitch? What does it mean to, to use this sort of you know, you know, wool blend as opposed to an alpaca blend, as opposed to a cotton linen blend and uh, of yarn? But, you know, whether or not you get into knitting, um, just kind of becoming more familiar with the lingo and a little more familiar with what your friend might be discussing would be nice. Using the intu intuition could be like, well, you know, my friend is into knitting and there is a sheer, a, a sheep shearing festival coming up. Maybe like buying some tickets for the sheep shearing festival for the both of us so that we could go up like to the mountains. Maybe we can make a pit stop between the mountains, between the city and the mountains. We can um, go to a favorite coffee shop, catch up for a little bit. While we're driving to the festival, we can catch up a little bit there and, you know, enjoy the festival. Like she could buy some really great yarns that were made from the wool of the sheep that the, the sheeps that were newly sheared and, you know, and kind of have a great time with that as well. So I just think, you know, having the thought behind, you know, just like I'm just thinking of you uh, will really also mean the whole world and also would, would make the friendship far closer as well too. In working relationships, I know the, the way that we can express affection, compassion, and intuition is probably very limited. Actually, I can tell you it's very limited, but I think really the compassion and the intuition is really just kind of feeling your coworkers out and really just kind of being there for them. You know, whether rain or shine, what I mean by that is whether they're in a good mood or bad mood, you know, just really kind of feeling them out and really just holding some space for them, I think would really mean the whole world. And, you know, not to expect anything in return, you know, just holding some space for them just because, you know, just, just because it's the great thing to do or just because, you know what, I really care about you. You know, you might be a coworker, you might, you might be a pain in the ass, you might be a great person. I, you know, I don't know who you are, but, you know, I'm holding, I'm holding some compassion for you. You know, I, I care about you. I hold some compassion for you. I like seeing you every day. Your presence makes the department, you know, again, holding some space for them. And if they need an ear to talk or they need some advice or they might need just an ear to, or not an ear to talk, sorry, an ear to listen, um, or if they need to talk too, um, that you're there for them as well too. And I think that's, that's also very important. Either way, you know, basically extending compassion and extending intuition, like really getting in touch with that intuition, really thinking about that other person, thinking about the significant other, your friend, or even your coworker, and maybe just kind of thinking of things that they would like, or just, you know, again, whether it's holding space or whether thinking of things that they really like. Again, I think that's going to really increase romance. And I know that these things, again, sound really broad. Um, you know, being at this broadest point, I know they sound really broad, but I think these broad factors, um, that I had discussed will really mean the world to just about everybody in this time. Uh, Pisces season is a very heart centered sort of time of the year. Um, I know it's, it, to me, I'm kind of wondering if Pisces, you know, I know they're ruled by Neptune, but I kind of wonder if they also might be slightly ruled by Venus as well. Um, they have like very Venus qualities to them. Um, it's kind of like Libra season where it's like, you know, it's very rosy colored, but also just very loving. You know, love is really the agenda for the whole season, which is really love and and actually true romance too, is really the, the agenda for Pisces and for Pisces season. So um, this is definitely you know, a great time to really extend and extend that romance. So before I get into the shadow side of Pisces, the last point that I can really think of as well. So a lot of Pisceans are kind of like Enneagram 4s uh, if you do speak Enneagram. So Enneagram 4s, they can kind of get lost in their own fantasy or kind of they're lost in their own dreams. They can kind of get um, involved and spiral inward into their emotional realm. They can spiral inward into their head and into their creative projects that sometimes they're, they're kind of, they need to kind of come out of their shell. 
and uh, experienced people every once in a while. Um, but with Pisces, kind of similar. Uh, they are very fantasy-oriented. Like I mentioned, um, they, they're they not afraid to explore, you know, kind of like where we might have the rest of us in the, in the Zodiac might have a limit into where we want to explore and how broad we want to explore with. Pisces just dives right in. They're not afraid to explore the unknown. They're not afraid to just explore everything in such great depth and such great detail that like the fish, like their totem animal, the fish, that they kind of dive in even into the dark, murky depths and the dark, murky waters where they can't really see anything, but they're just kind of exploring or they don't know anything of down there, but they're exploring just because. Um, part of this for a lot of Pisceans is with the fantasy um, or with just kind of daydreaming. For my aunt, she'd mentioned that a perfect day is if she's able to daydream, not having any other responsibilities, not having other cares in the world, just daydreaming, meditating on life is a great day for her. Uh, my coworker at um, the salon that I was working at said that her ideal day off, she had a purple couch, which I felt like that was just so befitting for her personality. She also had a pug. Um, so when she'd cuddle with her pug and then, um, you know, her couch was next to the window, when she'd just sit on her couch, look out the window and just make a life outside her window, that reflective, active meditation for her and just get lost in that meditation for the whole day. That was a day well spent for her as well. So how this realm of fantasy um, really plays out when it comes to relationships. So while the shadow side of Pisces, ironically, is sometimes uh, Pisceans can get to be a little too daydreamy, like they kind of get lost in their dreams, that kind of takes a little bit to come back to reality. Um, really, I feel in relationships, uh, you know, again, when it comes to the fantasy bent, say that, like, say you're significant, well, I'll give one personal example. So when I was in a relationship with another Leo back when I was 22 years old, I kept mentioning to this guy that I really like gentlemanly behavior. I like Mr. Darcy. I like Mr. Knightley. I like somebody to try to be like Mr. Darcy or try to be like Mr. Knightley or um, maybe even be like a mixture of those two, maybe with Dracula. I was kind of quirky at that time. But, you know, I kept mentioning gentlemanliness. And um, instead of doing what my boyfriend at that time did, which was to say, you have problems, you're too idealistic, you, you, know, you need to go see a therapist. So basically projecting his own issues off and basically killing what I was requesting. Um, you know, I, I would say with your significant other, if somebody keeps say, stating like, I'd like, you know, for you to be kind of proper or I'd like for you to be kind of gentlemanly, maybe, um, you know, with gentlemanly, not necessarily dressing up like Sir Lancelot and riding on a white horse, um, you could you could just fulfill a little bit of what's being mentioned to actually show your love and your devotion and the fact that you actually care about your partner a little bit. So such things could be like if, um, say, you have a wife who is like, you know, hey, I'd like, I like Mr. Darcy. I like acts of display, like, you know, or like what Mr. Darcy does. Maybe like doing things such as holding the door when you go, when you guys go to a restaurant. Or when you guys go to a live function, holding a door for your significant other. Maybe taking her coat for the evening or taking his coat for the evening. Um, maybe pulling out the chair if you're at a restaurant, you know, so that she can. So I'm thinking of like a husband and wife, but, you know, pulling out the chair for your wife so that she can sit down. Or um, in the regard of just significant others, well, you know, kind of encompassing a little bit of the fantasy enough to where it's realistic and doable, but actually really doing it. Um, Pisces season is not a great season to be lazy. I'm just going to say that much. It's not like my boyfriend back in, when I was 22, who was exceptionally lazy and also 
who uh, basically projected a lot. Uh, he had some issues, but instead of fixing them, he was too lazy to do that. So he projected um, a lot of his issues onto me. Um, this is not, like I said, Pisces season's not a great time to be lazy and not a great time to be complacent. So um, kind of doing the little extra, going the little extra mile, I think is, is really what's going to matter in the season. For that friend, um, you know, if the friend keeps mentioning ideals, again, mention it, you know, kind of embodying that little bit of an ideal um, while you meet with that person. Um, the same thing with, well, like I said, again, in a, in a working situation, I think the ideals, a, a lot of bosses, I think, are going to come up to um, long-term goals and ideals and benchmarks that need to be met within the department. I think actually, you know, really thinking about how you could meet those benchmarks instead of, you know, putting the memo of the benchmarks into the trash bin on your computer or saving them off to the side and ignoring them and not taking a look at it, maybe actually actively looking at those things and trying your best to meet those benchmarks, I think are also going to be really uh, key and tantamount, not just for your future in the job, but also just to kind of really respect your employer or really just give some respect to where respect is due and really just show that you actually kind of care. Maybe you can go so far as to kind of care about the company, you know, even though a job's a job sometimes, maybe care about the company a little bit and, you know, value, you know, kind of take in their values and their their mottos as well too. So now we've covered most of the, the the generals of Pisces season. Like I said, the one biggest shadow that I can see is overly idealizing or overly getting into fantasy. So what I would just say is um, really ground down. Um, a lot of times what I recommend to Pisces when they're kind of getting into the dreamy states and they're having a really hard time getting back down to earth, Sometimes that's where I kind of mention some grounding techniques that could really help them to kind of ground back down and come back down to reality, you know, kind of, you know, kind of descend back down from the ether, the ether spheres and kind of come back into, into the, the earthly sphere. And the same thing with relationships. I would say um, a good grounding technique. Sometimes um, I like this one where it's like your personal tree. When you breathe in, you know, the energies of earth can seep up through your, your feet and into you. As you breathe out, you can disperse both. And also, um, I like to think of the sky energy too. Like sky energy is also entering you as you breathe in. They're kind of commingling. And then as you breathe out, you're kind of returning those energies back to both the earth and the sky, and it just kind of ebbs and flows. You kind of get to focus on that energy ebbing and flowing. Um, and I feel like that can be very helpful in grounding down. But I also think that if you're caught up in um, a lot of fantasy, really try to be as present as possible and try to see that how your significant other might be embodying that fantasy in and of itself, or how the relationship could be embodying the fantasy and really could be um, meeting all those, those uh, check marks for you and um, really try to take it from there as well too. You know, like if your husband is pulling out the chair at the restaurant for you to sit down, also taking your coat, you might want to take those things into mind and uh, really kind of think of that as, hey, he's trying his best to encompass an ideal and maybe even like go so far as to mention it that night. You know, like, hey, I really loved how you pulled the chair out for me or, hey, I really loved how you took my coat for me or, how, or hey, I really loved how you fill in the blank. Um, I think that's going to go a, another extra mile as well to, to really acknowledge to your significant other that you not only noticed what they were doing, but that it was appreciated as well, too. Um, the same with friendship groups and also at work as well. Um, you know, really just acknowledging how people really do value you um, or how your friends really value you and making sure to acknowledge that and not getting so lost in if only, if only, if only, you know, the, the if onlys, which I think we all 
we all can get bogged down with at times when it comes to relationships. I mean, relationships can be a very fragile, very, um, very interesting thing all the way around. But I, I feel like it's human nature to get to have the, the fantasies, the if onlys all the time. But I think it's, it's important to pull back and take a look at what's really happening in front of you as well. Well, Stargazers, I do hope that this episode on Pisces season was enjoyable for you. I know it was a little bit broad, but like I said, we're at that the broadest point in the season, big time broadest point of the season. I can really feel it big time. Um, it's it's nice energy, but uh, definitely definitely very very broad, very very all encompassing as well. But above all, don't be afraid to look up at the stars. We are having, we are not yet at the full moon. That's going to be on Tuesday, but right now I've seen the moon. It is glorious. It's gorgeous out there. Um, definitely go out, definitely take a look. Um, I would also say with, um, close to full moons or even full moons, what's really cool is that you can see the constellations or you can see, um, a lot of the stars in the sky, just that much more because everything's illuminated. It's just so cool all the way around. But above all, we're also looking at the origins of astrology when we look up at those stars. Also, sometimes we're just taking a nice needed break, even though nothing is in retrograde this time. Thank goodness. Um, you know, it's, it's still nice to take that break every now and then in nature. Um, hopefully, stargazers, that you guys are doing well uh, within this week. And between now and next week, I hope to find you well. And until then, stargazers, hope to find you well and my greatest amounts of peace and love to you. If you'd like to contact Sandra Mizek, you can easily do so at either Mizek.Sandra at gmail.com. Mizek is spelled M-I-S-E-K. You can also contact her on her Instagram page at Sandra.Mizek. Again, that's M-I-S-E-K. Also, for as little as $2 a month, you guys can become a member of this particular podcast. Visit patreon.com, that is dot com forward slash 7th House Astrology for more details.